Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Dylan Scribner. I'm Jeremy Duvall. And I'm Rob Fanoff. And it's uh, it's real good, y'all. It's real good. Did you catch it on the show this week with Ronnie where he mentioned Arkansas? Yeah, I, he did. I, I, was I was like, like oh, and, and he didn't say Arkansas. Yeah. He said Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking, are there stores that sell Manta product in Arkansas? Because I don't know. Any. No, but you gotta do. Memphis. You gotta do like uh, uh, if Bill Clinton played Kings of War. My unit did not have less less than preferred model count or something. <laughs> my <laughs> unit is all right there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I did not roll double ones with that woman. Let's start with a little hobby update. <laughs> It's it's uh, been a minute since you've been on. Uh, when's the last time you were on? Uh, hmm. hey, by the way, while Salamander, I got you on, Salamander Army Review, you're going to Michigan GT with us, right? Um, that is the plan. Because me and Andy plan. are going to, and you know, you know the deal. We'll sleep at Mama, my mama's house. Let her yeah. make us breakfast, and we'll just drive over. Awesome, no. The Omaha guys are coming. The Minnesota guys are coming. It's going to be a shindig. There, there's a whole. That's when you know you've hit the big big time. Is when Rob will have his mom make you pancakes. That's oh, right. uh, like Mama Fanuff's cakes. You know you're in. Yeah, Dylan yeah. and Shannon. I think if only they're taking me up on it. So, well, hey, you offer me free room and board. Um, it I'm does there. cut down on the uh, expense a little bit when you're just paying yeah. gas and, and entrance fee. Oh yeah. So how long has it been? Salamander Army Review. Maybe it'd be the last time. Yeah, it was you was and Cat and Brian Luttrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already have like two Salamander Armies, and you need a third. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I had a Salamander Army, but then it locked. You know, I moved a couple of times and it just kind of just fell into shambles. And then I started, I was playing other armies. Like I got my Sylvan kin, but I decided I wanted to play Salamanders again. And so what I didn't already have painted, I started working on. And then I've also, I'm in like every step that you can be in. Like I got a display board pieces primed. I got like terrain for the display board, like assembled. I got like models half assembled. I got models from the other army that I just spoke about is over there in the bucket. They're getting stripped. What are you stripping in? Is it LA? Oh, totally well, awesome. It's, yeah, it's totally awesome. Yeah, I got That's it. That's the good stuff. They're, a lot of Dollar General. Course, yeah. They're not sitting in it. They're just like over there still where I like I brushed them off and washed yeah. them off and everything. But it's the greatest um, cleaner in the planet, dude. It's dude, awesome. it's like six dollars a gallon. Uh, I mean, oh I man, that dude. Sometimes you can find it for a dollar for a half a gallon or a quarter of a gallon at Dollar Tree or whatever. Dollar like General, yeah, yeah, it is so handy. Today I'm trying to do albino skin on yeah, these yeah. guys. It looks good. It looks but, really good. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. What are you gonna that's have it done? I don't know. Kings of Memphis Three? No, no. Best no, of the best. I'm taking Sylvan Ken to both of those. I'm pretty sure. Okay. All right. Sylvan so. Ken. What's in your What's in your Sylvan Ken list? You know, I mean, um, don't give me exactly everything, but like, what's the? Well, uh, I mean, obviously, oh, I Glade Stalkers. The the Amu's uh, Bush of your list. Yeah, I got uh, three Glade Stalker regiments. Okay. I got Forest Guard regiment for the Spice because no one uses that Stormwind with Brute Haste because you know if you don't have Dragon Riders, you make your own. Dude, do and it then, yourself. 
We have two master hunters, one with Axe of John Slayer, one with Sons of the Harvester. Those heroes are spicy. And then two tree herders. One's so a little father. A little bit of cheese, but nothing. nothing yeah. still, I could still give you a hug it's when I see it. It's a classic <laughs> Memphis sausage and cheese plate. It's good. That's exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah. it is. It's a little a little cheese, but then you also got some protein. You got the you got the you know the French onion dip or whatever. Yeah, it's a three courser for sure. Exactly. Is it painted? Yep. Is the question? Is it painted? Oh yeah, for sure. I I played Silvans at uh, Michigan GT last year. Oh, you did. That's right. And I think did you take those to the no, you ran the King of Monsters. Never mind. Yeah, no, I only I've only played them at that one. That's the main reason why. Uh, for one, I don't want to rush through this new Salamander project, and for another, I only took I painted that army and only took it to one event. So I want to mm. take it to a couple more. The Master um, Hunters with the with the the Harvester man, and then another one with the oh god, that kit. Those guys are so annoying. Yeah, and they they put out some damage, man. Yeah, very yeah. cool. And then when I go up to 2300, I got a couple bolt throwers and uh, the Windborn. Got to throw those in there. Nice. It's pretty good. I don't think, yeah, it's weird. I don't know what I would do if I saw you play not Salamanders at an event. I know. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. How about you, Jeremy? You've been painting? Yes, I've been painting a lot. Well, I've been like um, crazy, crazy busy with work. I have a huge report due. And then I finished, I just finished, I was in a, a professional development class at UC Berkeley for six months that we had our graduation today, which was uh, fun to be at a graduation again was kind of a trippy. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank never you, too, thank you. never too late to learn something. Yeah. New. Uh, yeah. Learning, learning should be a lifelong adventure. So this was a great, great for my career. just good for personal development uh, shindig. But in between that, I've been taking a little bits and I have been getting a lot done. Um, on the Kings of War side, I am using the Cronius as my reanimated behemoth, and I'm painting it to sort of match the look. For those that have seen my Emperor of Empire of Dust, all my ruins, like my obelisks, are like my arches, are all painted this sort of sandstone color. So the the Cronius is painted in that same color, so it's like it matches sort of the sandstone look, and all the fire in the Cronius is going to be blue like my magical blue energy. It's it's our it's the it's the triad that we both love, Rob, the uh the teal deep ocean. Like Reaper has an amazing teal tr color triad. Um so I'm about done with that. I fin I I've finished up um you know, I've been painting a little Marvel Crisis Protocol, so I did uh, a Wolverine and uh, I've done Wolverine, Storm and Beast so far. So those have been awesome palette cleansers. But the Cronius is getting done this weekend. And then also, Rob, I know I've talked to you about this. Uh, and I know you're you're on board. And we'll see. I may have to take a, a, a mortgage on uh, something. But I'm looking at redesigning my hobby space. I'm pretty happy with how it is. But there's two things I want to change. For my, my desk, I have just a flat urethane or whatever from ikea just where it just sits on stands i guess you'd call it a worktop or a tabletop right. or whatever it's 60 inches wide and 30 inches deep okay. i want one i want one that's wider wow um, yeah because i want to really have i have this nice wall section and i want to have on my desk like my paints my assembly and then maybe even have room for like a little airbrush station Mm -hmm. So I'm looking to get something that's 
maybe 72 inches or I try to want to add, I want to add a, a, a footer. stuff. So what I've been looking at, they have at home Depot butcher block countertops. And the one that I'm looking for at is 25 inches. So not quite as deep when you're sitting in front of it, right? right. Minus 30 inches. So I wouldn't quite have as much space that way, but it's 74 inches. Whoa. It's a workbench. Yeah, so right. it's like a workbench, right? And I would still mount it on the same deal, right? The the the, the metal platforms I have, like my, uh, I just love that desk wise because then I just have like an open canvas and I can make the desk whatever I want because I've been looking at, and I know we've talked about this on and off for years, the Hobby Zone modular. Yeah, it's super good. Yeah, it's like MDF. Yeah, yeah, and they have all kinds of cool little. Uh, drawers and yeah so each module and, yeah each module is made to be 30 centimeters by 15 centimeters by 15 centimeters so that's like 12 by 6 by 6 and that's no matter what it is whether it's a module for paints for storing sprues or whatever and they all have um in the mdf built-in uh, magnets so you can magnetize the whole system so it will actually fit together like one big desk but excuse me, it ain't cheap. I mean, we're we're talking twenty to forty bucks per modular section. So if a modular, so if a section is twelve inches wide, and I have seventy four inches of real yeah. estate, and it can go up. Well, here's the thing, though. You only got to buy it once. Once you got it, that's it. That's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be a. This is what uh, I'm saying, Jeremy. This is what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> it's going to be a substantial investment, but it's going to be a front ended, uh, a front ended cost, but enjoyed in the back end which is like many many things in life so that's what i've been looking at hobby wise taking a look and seeing if i want to redo um redo my hobby desk painting the croniuses i've also started to work on my mummies mm -hmm. so i'm getting all the metal done on my mummies oh i did get uh, a regiment of one of my scavengers done i'm using the murder birds they're awesome models Really great. Yeah, great. I wasn't sure what I was going to use at first. I almost thought about taking some stuff from Armada, some of the flyers from mm -hmm. Armada, and maybe doing something with those. I think it's going to be really interesting that to see people upscale the flyer are, uh, the flyers from Armada. Mm -hmm. could, yeah. be, could make really interesting Kings of War units, because then you're not uploading a giant ship. You're uploading like a balloon, something really tiny to something, you know, so I think some of those could be really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the Phoenix, the Phoenix from that game would make a good scavenger. Yes. Uh-huh. Exactly. So so I'm, I'm working on the EOD, continuing to work on that project, really enjoying it. And then I had one work thing done today, and then I have one more done sort of here in a, a month or so, and then I'm gonna have a lot more free time. But but I have been painting all my downtime. I've been painting a lot. I've been uh you know really enjoying that uh the mental health from painting. Oh yeah, it's been good. I mean, I've been painting like a crazy person too. I since I mean, Adept, I mean, obviously, I painted up twenty three hundred points for Adepticon of Salamanders, and then after Adepticon, I painted two seven hundred fifty point armies for for just teaching the game, EOD and Ogres, and then I've painted over two thousand points of Goblins in the last three weeks. And and I tell you, Goblins are a different animal, man, because. There's a few things that are expensive. Like I painted up a bunch of luggets and some mincers and, and yeah, those are expensive. But once you get into the infantry, bro, it's <laughs> goblin number 74. 
Goblin number seventy. But man, you've been putting <laughs> face. You've been putting stuff out. Man, it's just I just just trying to crank it out. I, I mean, if I don't get started now at this pace, I'm not going to get it done before I die. So yeah. you know, I've got this, and then next up, uh, I have Night Stalkers, and I may have just spent several hundred dollars on a bunch of new Night Stalkers. Those new Butchers are they're so nice, and the new Reapers so nice, and the Void Lurker. Ooh, I cannot wait. We got to start a club. We can call it the ABD club, the army, the armies before you die club. Of yes. Old, old guys. I like it. Yeah. What armies are we committing? To I'm, I'm going to be 50 this year. Die. So definitely, man, definitely. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I like right now I've got about 2000 points painted, but I've got what? Like two regiments of luggets, four troops of luggets, regiment and a troop of mincers, three trombones, four troops of maw beasts, bunch of characters, Three mob launchers. I'm working on two wingets right now. And then I've got infantry for days, dude. I've got maybe eight regiments done that snap together to make four hordes. Just for my own sanity, I can't just paint all rabble. I gotta, I gotta paint some spears. I know it's 20 more points. I gotta have it, dude. I just I can't keep painting the same damn model. Like, I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of different there's, there's like five bodies, right? Round. You just run him as rabble. No ah, dude, I'm WYSIWYG, baby. I mean, if he's yeah, got a spear. They, yeah. he's got a spear, spear but yeah. if you're only running rabble infantry, then there's nothing to get confused. Hey, bro, that's how you run it in Arkansas. Here in Memphis, those are those are, those are rookie numbers, okay? Rob yeah. needs yeah. to have the models. And, and Rob, when you're taking the two regiments and putting them together on the horde, mm-hmm. are you putting them like on a Shogun tray? Are you I just, am not. So I had just, Mike. Letting it hang fly. No, even better. This is the best oh, thing ooh. in the world. So Mike Porter, who owns War Room Hobbies here in Memphis, made me custom bases that had the magnet holes drilled out. And oh, it just nice. snaps on. And so you could play them individually as regiments if you wanted, or I could play, or more likely I'm going to play them as a horde. Does he sell those at the... At the... I can probably talk to him, yeah. I mean, I, I had him custom make them with the holes already marked in. What's cool is because he laser cut in the holes for the magnets... Everything matches up perfect. Because you're still using majority six millimeter uh, diameter magnets. For your uh, so system. most of the time I'm using, if it's a small unit, I'm using four. The The horde trays got, these are seven. Uh-huh. That's what I had. I do like the idea of getting the bases cut with them. Because I found when I've drilled sometimes, when you get the MDF just flush and you got to drill, I drill in the six mils or whatever, that if you, if, if you crank it or if something goes right, you can actually like warp bend. The MDF a little well, bit. Well, you can also like yeah. jack it up. It could be splintered and stuff. Yeah, you got heat involved with friction and stuff when you're drilling. But, so. the, the big thing I, I, is that even if he doesn't, dr- even if he didn't laser mark the exact dimension I wanted, the fact that I have a hole to tap, like it's real yes. easy if there's already a four millimeter or whatever hole has hole for me yeah. to go, oh, I want to go five millimeter. It's real simple. It's clean. Um, and obviously I'm using texture paste from Vallejo on the surface of the bases. So on those, like when they, when you drill through, like you can't see it, you can't see that you drilled through because you're right. covering it up with paste. And I just, I noticed on one on my hoard for my skeletons for EOD, I put the basing material on top of the drilled MDF without priming it first, just yeah. because I knew it wasn't going to show. I just started building on it and yeah. that base is not warping bad, but it's, it's, warped a little bit right i guess if you would prime it it kind of seals it together it seals i think so yeah. so i think that's what i'm just going to keep doing for all my mdf bases once i put the first few basing materials or whatever i'm yeah. just going to prime it just to try to seal it yeah and then I, i'm just using pieces from printable scenery it's called the goblin grotto and yeah, so i'm just great. yeah can't really tell on camera because it's but it, yeah it's it's a purple color 
I have been painting like a crazy person. Like, and, and I'll be honest with you, the airbrush has been a killer, man. I mean, every day I'm out there for like an hour, just you know, yeah. base coating as much as I can with the airbrush before I hit it with the the real brush. But yeah, it's it's super cool, man. And and you know, this is an army that's a mantic army, so 100 everything in it's mantic. And so the one thing I don't know what to do yet is I do want cavalry. I don't want to use the old goblin cavalry. So I'm not sure what I'm gonna do yet. I don't really want to also go the route of converting the rat can hack cost to goblin flea bag riders. Um, I actually bought a troop of those and I and I'm using them. I mix them in with my mobbies. But the riders themselves, you really can't convert to goblins because they've got like webbed feet and they just they have tails. Yeah. Like it's are the flea bag kits that they have now. They they weren't redone when they redid goblin characters. They have flea bags. So they have a wizard, they have a standard bearer, they have a king that comes with the new flea bags, right? That you can buy. You could also buy those same flea bags, five with Rackin Hackpaw riders. They also have Maw Beasts, flea bags, whatever you want to call them, with the new chariot kit. But they are hard plastic and they I don't have any models that would really fit on them. They're not as dynamic as the resin version. Like they're more like they're pulling a chariot right so so i'm expecting them sometime in the future they will come out with with some cavalry they're cool models i mean and the new and the new plastic mincers the new plastic chariots they're dope dude they're just they're super cool chariots in the army until they uh yeah i might i might well I, you know i'm thinking about that and it, look you want to you want, you want to go to value town the goblin ambush box 40 goblin and two chariots or mincers for 40 bucks there ain't no better value in gaming of that quality. The goblins are great, and the the new mincers look a lot like the old mincers. And same thing with the chariots, but they're plastic. They're hard plastic, and they just look they're just that yeah. much better. They go yeah. together, and yeah. So I mean, it's it's great value. We've talked about ambush to death. I mean, ambush is just amazing. Have you guys been playing ambush at all? I've played one game of it. <clears throat> Got to pump up them rookie numbers, man. <laughs> Yeah, trying to get my people here to do anything is like pulling teeth. Yeah. Ambush is what, Rob? Six hundred? How many points is it? Uh, zero to nine ninety five. Okay, so it's anything anything below a thousand. Yeah, and and okay. basically the the big thing is you don't have hordes; you only have troops and regiments. What size and have you have you been playing? We started at two fifty. Went we went five hundred. We went seven fifty. Uh, we went nine ninety five. And now in our slow girl league, we've converted from ambush into regular Kings of war. And so we played a thousand points this week and I got my kicked. And that's why I think Kings of war. Now, when you talk about, give me the best slow girl league game system, it's gotta be Kings of war. Right. And it's, and if you start with ambush, it's amazing. That's, because what, that's it, what I'm saying. Right. By the end of the June, I'm going to have 3000, 4,000 points of goblins painted. Slow girls are great. It's a great way to incentivize. Now, can I get any of our local players to do it? Very few. They're just like the Arkansas guys. You got. Have they still been playing Kings, but just not like buying new stuff, or is there new mission? Well, we got. No, I, I should say we we do have local players that are buying the new stuff. Our buddy Taylor, he's been picking up a bunch of the new Night Stalker stuff, which is ace. Have you guys tried the new Night Stalkers? I know you have, Jeremy, but Dylan, have you played against the new Night Stalkers yet? The Terror is amazing. Like, oh, oh, at dude. First, at first, I was like, this is some broke, <laughs> but the more I play it, the more I'm like, no, it, it's fair. If you send the wrong stuff into them. It's a bad day, but it's like anything in any in any of the matchups, right? Like if you send cavalry into a horde of pikemen, yeah, you're gonna have a bad day. Yeah, you don't send goblin rabble into a freaking terror. And snare works on everything. It does. It does. When that was rule dropped, 
like almost nobody mentioned that the defense. I don't know if like no one noticed, but like I know in our our chats, defense they were talking. Yeah, we were talking about it. I was like, uh, has no one noticed the defense went up to four on this thing? <laughs> the real power so far that I've found is that obviously not playing it. I'm playing against it. Is if you take the planner apparition upgrade to the mind screech and in his heal seven on top of the regen four and the defense four within snare, that's a killer combination. Now the reality is when you go that route, then you don't have maybe some of the other tools you need because ultimately you want to get rid of the tear. You send something in the front to pin it and you hit it in the flank and then it wipes it out. Mm -hmm. If you can hit it with enough attacks from the side, right? Because in snare is nasty from the front. I just send the defense six stuff into the front, make him charge me, lock them down and then hit them with whatever I got on the side. And that's usually been the work. Now I didn't do that the first time. Well, I'll send in a rabble unit. I bounce. And then he takes out the rabble 20 attacks against crappy infantry is never going to, you know, if you're and, already hitting on fives, you're not going to do squat. And yeah. I love, I love rules on units that also like flow into narrative. And I love the idea of a big giant tear from the abyss of whatever, when it fights, units of guys it's just eating them or the guys are going crazy and like running away yeah. from fighting it so the fact that it has rampage eight and this is like the first time we've seen uh, a, a rampage that big right well so, and also it's one of the few rampages that are just it's not variable it's rampage yeah, eight it's, right? exactly uh, there has it's been some rampage rampage. three i think right uh, i think the eod formation may have rampage mm -hmm. three on their chariots but but you know what's really great is chariots against the terror because they don't get no rampage yeah. So the chariots are the sweet spot, right? They're neither, well, they're neither uh, or, a or, or B. the mincers are the mincers are really the sweet spot because, uh, like, you got a lot. I mean, because he's only crushing three coming back with his twelve attacks on threes with crushing one. It takes mm -hmm. him a while to get through a, a regiment of mincers, right? And and they're two hundred points, yeah. yeah. And and he's only he's two forty. So and I think it's like for two hundred and forty points, right? You want the thing that you're buying. It's for it's that. fair, dude. It's, it's yeah. A you fair want model. it to be you yeah, want it yeah, to be yeah. beefy. Two hundred points is a lot of points. I've also been playing against the tormentors a couple times. I'm I'm still kind of like I'm not sure. They seem like a lot of points for what you get, but it's a a unique tool, right? Being able to jump and have Strider, you know, it's pretty sweet. Um, I will say the the Dream Hunter with the formation where he gives them elite. I've literally never seen anyone take him. Well, you can take him now because he's actually pretty good. Yeah. Rob, anyone use the new Shadow Hounds against Yeah, you? so I have played like them and, and, and they're good. They just still die so damn easy. Did they drop that formation in favor of this other formation? They did. And the new and the in the new Shadow Hounds, you, you know, right? They, like if you make an unhindered charge, you're plus one to hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. I've been playing a lot of the night soccer stuff, and I really think what I'm seeing is that we're we're seeing more interesting builds than before. I have two planar apparitions. I have three mind screeches. I have two legions of blood worms. I have, you know, it's cookie cutter. But now what I'm seeing is there's people trying new stuff. And not to say that they won't eventually find some. Well, it's like the ground. beginning of, you know, it's like the beginning of third, you know, where everything had been shaken up so long. You know, there was, you know, what had previously been played, even, even if that, even if your list, carried over more or less you know there was pretty much everyone's trying people to are still gonna want to try out all the new toys right they're gonna right. want to try different stuff and before the yeah. sort of the cream rises to the top serious about the um the ravager on shooting option on whether or not if you're going to take those for your unlocks uh and then pick up like mine you know some of the other monstery stuff how that has worked but 
unless people I mean, are you're, you're basically boomers with stealthy right yeah so that's pretty good yeah. I, mean, I mean people use boomers and i think it'll be the same sort of thing is this just beta like is this gonna be no it's the real deal so so jeremy so this guy doesn't listen to our show but this was a question that I did ask Ronnie. Well, I don't memorize random. Well, I did ask him, and he said, no, this is the list unless something comes up that's broken. Well, what, is, I was asking, what I was asking is, if, is, it, is it online for events like right now? So on the companion, they're marked as Night Soccer's 2023, but they are the official. Right, right, right. They just have okay. two on there. Just to give a little grace period if people still need to build lists with the old version because let's say their event okay. isn't taking the new one yet because it's like you know the army book came out too qu- quick to the event or whatever so, so yeah uh, right well like best of the rest of masters we're not using it right we're not using it because we're letting the people that played night stalkers bring those night stalkers back yeah you know? it's pretty sweet fair, fair thing it's yeah. very yeah. fair but yeah so lots of cool stuff coming down uh mantic vault i mean i've been loving the first two months i mean I, is there a better value for four dollars a month? I, I don't know. I don't think so. That's pretty hard to beat, especially if you play a lot of the game systems. Because like in the first month, we had a you know we had some Kings of War, we had some Armada, and then there was like there's a you know there's a GCPS medic, and there's just an assortment of other stuff you know slid in there, and so it's just like you know every month we're getting you know a heavy dose of Armada, but there's other stuff mixed in. So I, it's been great. I, I'm loving it, and. You know, sounds like the feedback's been pretty good. Uh, one of the things that's interesting is it feels like some people are expecting them to do something different than the rest of the world does. Every file I buy in my mini factory, I have to repair. Rob, it's one thing where I think there's, it's like the, man, I really want them to have blue hats. And then they come out with blue hats and be like, I don't know why they keep going with blue hats. Yeah. You know, so it's like you're yeah. damned if you do or damned if you don't with some. Yeah. Every, people are going to try to find something to complain about we'll have another episode coming up here soon on the on the mantic vault we'll get we'll get our favorite 3d printers of the community together and we'll, we'll have a little round table and just chat <laughs> yeah i'm it. curious to hear the guys who like you know the, the, the guys that have been doing it for a while yeah we got some exactly. guys that have been doing this for many yeah, what's many their, years what's the, is are they are they supported or not supported files they are supported now yeah okay they, they came out of the gate unsupported but again most people none of the files i purchased on my mini factory are supported yeah, most so, people want to update or mess with the supports anyway, right? I commend them. They're, they're trying to listen to the community. I don't know. You guys have uh, been following what's been going on in the industry. I heard uh, 40K, 10th edition's dropping, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Exciting stuff for some people. And uh, Shatterpoint came out today. Yeah, that one looks pretty cool. I, I, like I, I played um, MCP on Tabletop Simulator a few times. And as far as the suites on Tabletop Simulator, I don't know if you guys have ever really done much on Tabletop Simulator. Atomic Mass Games like Legion is very popular on Tabletop Simulator. The design of MCP is real. It's the best game I played on Tabletop Simulator. Like it's super clean. It's got all the dice, everything where you need. So everything from the mm-hmm. game, all the pictures, whatever. The pieces are instead of just like pictures, they're like 3D images of the models. So it looks like you're playing like like a, not a not a drawing picture of it. It's like a, a painted version of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I mean, I, again, I much rather play these games in person. But when you live in like the middle of no one plays, you do what you can. So That's I called played, Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. I pl- I played Ryan Munsell and Riley are both. I played both of them on tabletop simulator yeah that looks cool you guys had any guys playing conquest rob big shout out to our buddy kenny lull and his podcast the combat phase he just did a great episode on conquest there probably are people that play it uh, in our area 
I mean, it's a really different game. Um, as I picked up from this episode, you actually don't start with your army on the table. Everybody comes in as reserve. Different units have different categories, like light, heavy, or whatever. And depending on where you are in the game, they're more likely to come out like the lighter stuff. And then as the you game progresses, you roll for yeah. it, right? And I guess the idea yeah. is that when two huge armies face each other, the light stuff, you know, your vanguard fights first, and then your big stuff comes. Well, out. and it's alternating activations, right? So it's it's not you go, I go. You make a deck, yeah. You make yeah. a deck of the order that you want to activate. It's like Legion in, yeah. in that regard, right? Well, a little bit different. Legion's yeah. a little bit random, right? In the sense you're pulling out of a bag. Rules wise, I still, you know, it looks okay. But I think what what kings could learn from Conquest, if you look at the art and the world design in that game, it is so beautiful yeah. and it's so yeah. unique and it's so you know uh, what interesting so kenny is his gas really went into it and you know what i'm gonna say something different here it's a real big mix of science fiction and fantasy like you know they have aliens that have come here and like the spires i guess are, are aliens it didn't really hit home for me i will agree I, I think they've spent a lot of effort developing the story you can't and you can't argue about the the you know the artwork yeah another thing that came in my head, yeah i just the scale is off for me. Like, I, I just don't want to paint 35 millimeter. I don't know. It's weird. I don't. It is. And I still like the, 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 the rumor or whatever I heard when the game was first coming out is they meant it to be a 25 millimeter game, but everything got screwed up. So they're like, it got everything. Got I mean, that would make more bigger. sense, right? But who knows if that's, sense. I mean, I, there's going to be conquest fans on here going, Oh, that's not a, at all. What well, and, and I will say they've got know, some cool factions. Just... I mean, orcs riding giant dinosaurs is cool. But what right? I have to oh, say about it, man, yeah. Man, they almost they almost had me. If you are interested, listen to the episodes. It's great. It's a great introduction to conquest. Yeah. They plant their flag in the ground, right? They it's this concept of failing forward, right? Where they they just go there. And I really respect like like you said, some of their art and factions are so like fret. I feel like I'm looking at something new where there's some miniature games where you look at it and it's like, oh, that's a cool model, but like I've seen that for 20 years you know whereas right. you when you see something yeah. in model design or miniature aesthetic where you're like wow i this where is this coming from and i think it's good all, we, we always swing about the, we talk about this right rob where kings is our main squeeze mm -hmm. but it's okay it's okay we are one we should be one big family right it's okay if we want to dabble in other games or you shouldn't be shunned if you're trying something you know it's like miniature gaming is still miniature gaming right <clears throat> I like Legion. I don't play it as often as I would like, but I, I mean, I love painting the models. They're fantastic. It's right in my wheelhouse. It's Galactic Empire versus so you, Rebel. It, so is, is Shadow Point a little bit too like Clone Wars heavy for it you? Is. And and I don't like, I don't like the art style. I mean, it's, it's, it's the CGI animation aesthetic. Yeah. The they're style. the, they're the cartoony. They have a demo copy at the shop and it's been painted by a great painter in our area. It looks fantastic. Just not for me. And I'm done buying more Star Wars models. Let's let's play Imperial Assault, 25 millimeter models. I buy all and then it's like, oh, we got a new game coming out, but we're not gonna use the old models. We're gonna oh, it's a new scale. It's 30 millimeter, 28. Cool. I'll, I'll buy that. At this point, I, I've I've dumped too much money into two different that, scales. Man. I'm not buying a third one. I'm well, sure the game will be fun. Pretty long of side though. Does MCP use true line of sight? Yeah, um, yes. Yeah, it does, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it, I thought MCP was gridded. Is it not no, gridded? No, 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 it's not. It's not on a grid. Uh, um, does Does Ronnie know how to uh, forever be into retirement based on you supporting him, Rob? Which is like I'm wondering who. Why isn't there a GI Joe miniature battle game? This is what I'm saying, right? 
This is what I'm saying. I mean, it's just like lit up like a this little. This is what I'm saying, and it's not like I, Mike hasn't been printing me a bunch of 28 millimeter GI Joe. Let's talk about Mantic for a minute, because obviously this is the weekend of UK Games Expo, and I did have a chance to chat with Ronnie, and he sort of in passing showed me a few things, and some stuff's come to light now. I don't know about you guys, but Worms. I haven't been playing Worms since like the '90s, dude. Like, now, it, can you fill me in? I know nothing. I must have. So wor- worms are like, if what you recall, it? there was a game called Scorched Earth, like back in the '80s, early '90s. There's basically like two tanks, and you're like shooting each other, and you're just trying to blow each other up. Worms is like you have five, five or six worms, and you have all these crazy weapons, and your goal is just to kill the other person, and it's alternating activation. You do one. They do one and back and forth. You can directly shoot them and kill them. All kinds of crazy stuff. You build tunnels underneath and set up bombs. And they've got all these crate like a ninja rope. Just the craziest weaponry. Have you played it before, Dylan? Yeah, it's like a... I don't know what to call it. It's not a side scroll. It, I guess it's, a, it's like a side scroller. I mean, it, it, I mean it's and a tactical video game, it's right? It's a tactical yeah. side scroller. And like you move your little guys around and like the, each weapon has a different like trajectory power so trajectory take, exactly yeah you gotta take you gotta equip your little worms with different weapons so you for for different scenarios like to lob missiles over terrain and stuff it's like stuff it's like totally that. meta too like they have like the sharuk and like an upper punch thing like like ryu from street fighter <laughs> yeah. and they've got like a baseball bat you can hit the dude with you have like a a sheep that has a bomb on it and you throw it and the sheep goes bah, 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 and like it runs at the enemy and then blows up. You got holy hand grenades. I mean, it's just, it's so wack. I mean, it came out in the mid nineties and it's by a company. I think team 17 is, is who does it. And yeah. so when I heard that they're doing a board yeah. game, I was just like, okay, dude, that's one thing you got to give Mantic props for. I think they do pick their licenses pretty well. I mean, walking dead was dope. Umbrella Academy is super cool. Hellboy is an awesome, cool. Absolutely. So I think that they have a good eye when they're deciding, you know, what partners to work with. And I think they got more coming. I don't think they're done yet. Uh, yeah, so and then today, Restoration Games announced they're re- redoing Crossbows and Catapults, the classic 1983 game, uh, which you guys are probably too young to even remember. But it's a game where you built like a you two players that each build a fort out of these plastic bricks, and you take ca- crossbows and catapults and blow each other's fortresses to smithereens. It's totally awesome. So, like, I'm, yeah, oh man, I love that game, man. I had that. Oh, that was so I, it's super cool. A cool IP for them to go after would be uh if they can get the toho a toho license for board games because mythic is just dropping the ball left and right on the montauk kickstarter if they could you know if they could get the mantic could grab the toho license and mm. make a godzilla board game oh i was gonna say you're you're all about the, the kaiju man oh yeah That'd be disgusting. you are all about the kaiju northern alliance coming out next month so that's pretty exciting stuff so i like getting got- at the later later in the year yeah, well, Ronnie promised us he should be showing us some Dwarven Raven riding bomb lobbers pretty soon. We're excited to see that. And then we all know now Huskarls are going to be an upgrade to Tribesmen. Uh, and I like how I like how they did it where the Huskarls will be on 25s so that it doesn't invalidate anybody's co- current collection. And Tribesmen will be on 20s. Again, that's awesome because if you have the same model range for two different units, but they have different footprints, you can tell. You can tell the difference, which yeah. is smart. Yeah, that is a good idea. Yeah, if it's an upgrade kit, you'll be able to tell the difference anyway. True, true. Yeah. Well, should we uh, take a quick commercial break on the other side? Let's get in and chat about our main topic. This is one that Dylan brought to us. 
And so I'm excited. I'm excited to, to share it with you guys. So we'll be right back. Hey, I'm Alessio Cavatore, and you're listening to Countercharge. Welcome back to Countercharge. And Dylan made a rookie mistake. He said, Rob, I have an idea for a podcast. And <laughs> Dylan, what is that? What When you do that to me, what, what what what's the next sentence out of my mouth? Where are the notes? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Dylan, why don't you share with us the topic? I was listening. I don't remember who it was. I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about games they were playing at uh, preeminent events, and things took place, and they just kind of brushed it off. No big deal. And so it got, really got me to thinking, you know, where should we draw the line between mistakes and intentions? And... And so that's why I brought this up. I thought it'd be something cool to talk about for the community. And so here we are leading off. Most, most of everything that we talk about in this episode will be completely invalidated by just having a conversation with your opponent before the game, before the game. Uh, that's always, that's the, the King's award golden rule. You just have that conversation, set those expectations before the game, no matter what event you're at. And as long as you and your opponent are playing on the same playing field by the same set of rules, none of these problems are, are even going to be an issue. And maybe we should say first, when you when you say intent, maybe for those player, you know, listeners who maybe don't know what that means, uh, maybe t- t- take us through what, when we when we talk about playing to intent, like what that means during like actual game. So so the main example, the biggest example is like measuring the distance of a unit everything is done by hand so nothing is going to be exact on the tabletop so when you're measuring the charge distance from your unit to an enemy unit you know you're measuring you're getting just outside their charge range and you say you know my intention is to be just outside their charge range you're voicing that that's where you want your unit to be and that way your opponent knows that they can't just turn around and charge them on the next turn yeah, because that way, if they, if, if, in the, the other half of that coin, hey, I'm moving up my unit. My goal is to be 18 inches out. And your opponent goes, okay, sure, no problem. Next mm-hmm. turn, you double check it, right? And it's like, oh, you're actually at 17.8. You're like, okay, yeah. let, me, let me nudge it back a couple millimeters. And it wouldn't be if you're we playing that, hey, I'm meant to be 18 out. And next turn, your opponent measures and goes, hey, you're within 18 by two millimeters. I'm charging you. That's, you're, that's against the whole point of the intent. The whole point of playing to intent mm-hmm. is to not have those type scenarios, right? right? Exactly. So like, like you said, you're playing on the same the same level of, of understanding. Yeah, and so and but it, it almost at times it it almost feels like the the pendulum has gone all the way in the yeah. other direction to a point where it is frowned upon to hold anyone to the, what they do or do not do. Right. Like w- whenever, like it's almost gotten to a point where, um, where mistakes are conflated with intentions. Yeah. Because you, how do you win unless someone makes mistakes, right? Mistakes right. should be a part. Mistakes need to be a part of the game. That's why I think this is such an interesting topic because I think intention, there is that it, it's a spectrum, right? Like, right everyone just defines it in a, in a different way. You know what I mean? So it is. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I see what you're saying where it's like forgetting to do something should still be part of the game. You know, 
so that's where we get to where, well, what does intention mean? Like where on that spectrum? Exactly. Um, you know, it's, you know, and it's, it's also, it's viewed as good. It's almost viewed as good sportsmanship to allow like take backs, um, which is fine. Again, like, like we said, you have that conversation ahead of time. You know, we're going to lay out our intentions. It's going to be a, like a, a easy peasy game. We're just chilling. We're having fun at this tournament, you know, blase, blase. But then on the other side of that coin, it is it's gotten to where I feel like people expect to just without having the conversation, expect to be able to and have then, those. And, and then get mad and then get mad if your opponent won't let you do it. And then right. your point is being a bad sport. Yeah. I think yeah. it's sticking with that movement example. I think that's a really good one because to me, I think it, it, it show you can show sort of when we're talking about that spectrum. Okay. I've moved up a unit, right? And before the game, I've talked to my opponent and I said, Hey, I'd love to play by intention. My thinking on intention is it's intention that is verbally stated, not intention. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I meant to do that. Uh, uh, or, oh, I moved it out of range, but my intention was, well, did you tell me what your intention? I mean, if I don't know what the intention is, how do I know? Right. Um, so exactly. Like, I move up a unit and I go, my unit of spearmen that I just moved is outside of the charge range of that night unit right there. Okay. Is different from, hey, I'm moving up this unit. Okay. I'm out of charge range of everything. Right. Where it's exactly. Like, it you know you're asking the questions of like okay it's got to be specific not right, just yeah, general yes. yeah i'm out of this right. as opposed to okay i want to be able to move this unit so that you can't do anything to it ever where should where where does it need to be for that to happen and it's like well i can't help you you know i can't help you beat me <laughs> right i can't you what know but like it's almost like that's like a general expectation you know from what i've been seeing recently and hearing on podcasts and stuff yeah. Now um, I will say but, I will say I'm curious because that's like the stated intention. I feel I tend to play by if you state something verbally, that's what we're going by. So if I'm asking you, hey, is this unit out of your unit A and B, but I don't see C, I'm gonna let you charge with C. Or I'm not gonna I'm gonna say, Oh yeah, I didn't check sure. that one. Because that's on nope. me. I'm I'm not checking, I'm not checking my angles. There is one thing that I will, and I'm curious what your thought is about when we when we talk about stated intention versus unstated. If someone forgets, let's say, forgets the bane chant, right? In the shooting phase. And we're now in the combat phase, and they're like, oh crap, do you mind if I bane chant? And to me, that's one of those things on the spectrum that I don't care. I'm like, sure, go ahead. That to me is for my gray area of, I think that's it, you know, unless well, something, yeah. cra- a, a crazy amount of stuff has happened. But if it's right at the beginning of the phase and it's something that I know you only had one target to do and that's what you were going to do, it wasn't like you had to decide which unit the Bane chant. You know, you're Bane chanting that one unit and you've Bane chanted it three turns in a row. To me, to say no, in, in my opinion, to me, that's like a mistake that I'm just like, it's not like you gave me a flank or something. You forgot something so minor that you were doing. It's hard for me not to let my opponent do it. For me, it would be like a case by case thing. I feel like if we've, if you have information that you wouldn't have had when you casted Bane Chant, like if there's multiple valid targets. 
Yes. Or if you had to move to get in range of one, like, and you didn't move, like, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, in your example, in your exact example where it's a no-brainer, then, yeah, I would I would not yeah. keep my opponent from doing it in that example. But if if there was any ambiguity on what would have been the most advantageous choice to make at yeah. the correct time to cast the spell, then... Um, then I may not feel obligated to allow to allow that. Yeah. Um, but and that's funny you mentioned that because that's actually the example that was said on the other podcast I was listening to, um, and it was at Masters, I think. Uh, and and the guy just rolled the dice in the combat phase, and uh, the way it sounded like to me, the explanation like like he just expected it to be okay. He just rolled the dice; it was a no brainer. But, you know, and, and the and the guy that was talking about the situation, he at first he said he was like, yeah, I don't I don't think I feel obligated to give you that. Um, and, you know, and the opponent was like, oh, I thought we were having a friendly game. You know, and this was Masters, <laughs> which is still a friendly game, of course. And he said, after I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I don't you know, if the bench goes off and you kill this unit, then it's going to be a win to you. Um, but, you know, you know, friendly game, you're right. Let's just let's roll with it. But, you know, it got me thinking, like, you know, it, it's the Masters um, that was a pivotal combat. Uh, and there were two defense six targets. And it's like, I, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. um, so what you're saying, though, is context matters, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And that's the gray sure. area, right, that we talk about. Like, yeah. I've been in that position where I've asked for the Bane chant. Uh not at masters, but at a big tournament where uh, uh, I'm going through the phase and it, and I have a Bane chant and it's uh, uh, to me, in my opinion, only one real target. And I asked the player, Hey, do you mind if I Bane chant? And I was getting ready to roll because not that I expected, not that I, it was more of, in my opinion, again, this is just my opinion. And this player I played against is an amazing guy, top player in the country. Super, super, super great dude. Um, I was like, hey, do you mind if I Bane chant? And he's like, yes, I do mind. Uh, <laughs> and, and it was in a fun back and forth way. But yeah. because in his mind, very rightly so to think, well, at this level of play, the only way that a real winner is decided is in is in these small, tiny mistakes because uh -huh. everyone is playing at such a high level. And I said, I was like, he was telling me that. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And I said, I guess it's just if you had asked me, I would have said yes. And he said, well, Jeremy, if it was reversed, I never would have even asked. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, that's, that's an interesting, you know, so I, 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 so there is this gray area, right? On, on, and then, and then after the fact, I, I thought a lot about that situation. And in retrospect, again, it was every much his right to tell me no, that it was for me to ask. You know what I mean? He had every mm. right to say no because we'd moved on to the next phase and technically that's, and, and it wasn't something I verbally stated like, oh, hey, I'm going to bane chant this, but I'll come back to it later. You know, like, uh, and, and then at that point, maybe it's different than if you completely forget to do something. Yeah. Yeah, it's why, Dylan, what you said at the beginning is very important. At the beginning of the game, you sit, you have a conversation. If you forget something and we move to the next phase, that's it. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, we're going to just move on. It's a mistake. You know, um, you know, if you kind of set the ground rules, like there's also situations where you're going to have some things that are compulsory, like, oh, you have a rear charge by something 
in combat and you forget to do the combat. Well, you forgot I mean, to roll your regen, regen right? It's something like that. Like, you, yeah, you have to. There's, yeah. Sometimes there's yeah. things you have to do, and uh, it's yeah. And so I'm gonna let that occur because yeah, you you're supposed to do it. Now, do you guys feel that there's a reciprocity in this too? Now, we haven't made a value judgment or haven't even got to like, you know, talking about where on the spectrum all three of us fall because I think that would be interesting. But do you find yourself on that spectrum veering to one side or the other if there's a lack of reciprocity? Yes. I'm not going to give something that I'm not going to get in return. Right? Are you yeah. feel like you give, how do you guys feel when you give a little bit in the beginning of the game and then it turns, now it's their time to give a little bit and they're like, oh no. Take a hike, bro. It's my own fault for not exp- not laying. But out now the you've learned that lesson, beginning. right? So yeah. every time you're going to play against that player, you're going to go. That's totally fine. You know, I I now know no takes backsies. Yeah, I now know how <laughs> I need to I need to focus a little bit more around certain things, or you know what I mean? Because you I know, know the the more I've been playing lately, the more I I, I in, in some this is not crazy, but I I don't want the take backs because I don't learn <laughs> if I if I could just. Oh, I, I forgot to do that. No, you need to take your punishment. <laughs> be like, oh, you weren't watching the angles. Well, this is this. Let me show you what happens now. Andy, big shout out to Andy at our local shop. I mean, he's a super clean player, and that's playing at that type of play has been uh, very rewarding. And even going back to the main chant thing, um, you know, you, and you could just say, oh, it's just a sequencing thing, but the it, the sequence is laid out, you know. It's, it's laid out. The guidelines are laid out for a reason, I feel like. And it's just like, our, where where our, where do we get to where we're incentivizing a, a sloppier play, if that makes sense? It's the type of event you're at, too, right? Like, if you're at a narrative event where you're not even keeping score, doesn't matter. Yeah. Sure. I mean, just, yeah, do what you need to do, right? But to your point, like, and there's degrees of that competitive level, right? If you're at the Masters... You got the masters, right? This is this yeah. is the top the top tables in the country. Flip side, if I'm at some big event like Bug Eater and I'm playing, I'm playing on table 32. I'm I'm on table 32. So I guess what I'm saying too is it's also all relative to where where you you know the type of event you're at, the atmosphere that you're at, and yeah, also totally. where, where, where what what where range you of tables you're playing at. Yeah. yeah, and also to the game, the board state can mean a big deal too. Like if 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 you're if you're totally crushing someone. I'm totally crushing someone. I'm going to let them do whatever they want to do. They forget to do stuff. They want to take stuff mm-hmm. back. They want to remove stuff around. They they want to dance upside down. They want to do whatever they want to do. Well, it's a good, a good, good distinction you're making too, because sometimes you're playing a game um, with somebody that you're probably teaching the game. Yeah. Well, those are the yeah. games that I'm absolutely going to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and I'm going to make it clear at the beginning. Hey, look, man, you know, th- those are the ones where I am going to sort of help them. What do you need to do to beat me? Because I, I want you to, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to make, you want to develop talent so that you have a, a nice plethora, you know, you have a good yeah. collection of opponents. Like what, what you said, Dylan, that resonated with me. I think there are some things that people perceive to be bad sports that really isn't. Uh, like one example about this. If I'm playing someone in a tournament and I'm, and, and, and I'm winning or whatever, and I know that they're making a wrong move that technically is not that. It should be this other way. And the reason why is because of the board state. But also, like, I still need to kill that last unit to get one more attrition point that could be the difference between me winning or losing the tournament. And often your opponent in those cases, like, why are you getting neat? Why are you needling me when you're already like beating me by so much? So I think some of that is player. Like, when I play, uh, 
last time I got crushed, Keith Randall beat me at uh, when we were at Adepticon, right? And by the time we're losing, it's like, Keith, you should try to kill every single last unit that I have at this point of the tournament. You don't have to tell Keith that. <laughs> well, exactly. But he's the type of player that he understands if I'm still trying to be precise with him, even though all his army's dead, it's because it still matters in, in, yeah. in, in, in the in the scheme of the events. So some of that, I think, just comes with event seasoning. You know, how many events have you been to? Um, you know, but uh, it is a paradigm, though, that I think should, ex- I mean, intention, I think, still is a key part of our game. I still think it leads to more better game experiences. It it's just well, trying I also, to identify where on that. Spectrum. Yeah, I also think it's super important that if you're a new player, pick that skill up, develop that skill, because that's it's going to make your gaming experience that much better. You know, whenever two people come to the table with the same goal, the same intention, it, it just reduces conflict and it just makes a makes for a better game experience. Dylan, you got a bunch of examples that you want to walk us through, don't you? Yeah, so. <clears throat> That was kind of going into um, chess clocks. It's kind of part of the conversation. Um, if you're on a chess clock, um, you know, first of all, like all, chess clocks don't get used as much as they should probably. Mm-hmm. But the reason why they're pivotal is not only does it keep the event running, you know, like on time, like like it's supposed to, um, it makes sure that both players have equal time in the round to play the game. Even if you're having a friendly game, uh, it's still a competition, and you're supposed to be forcing your opponent to answer questions. So if you're asking questions and they are using too much time to answer those questions, then you have played a game of Kings of War. And, you know... Like I hear a lot, I don't want my opponent to feel rushed at the end of the game. If I have, you know, 35 minutes left and they only have five minutes left and they're moving all this shuffling around, you know, it's like, don't worry, man, we'll just, we'll just play on my clock, you know, which is fine if that's the expectation that you've set, but don't be upset when your opponent lets you time out because you, because he, they, asked questions and you took time answering them. You took too much time answering those questions and that's part of the game. That's kind of how I feel on chess clocks. Um, Again, yeah. Case by case, case by case basis. For me, clocks are a little bit clearer. You know, if we're playing with clocks, clock out, you clock out Uh, End of story clocks exist. So I can beat Shannon Shoemaker. <laughs> I mean, it is a skill that yeah. you have to. It is a skill like any other skills to be a good player. You have to develop that skill, right? Which yeah, is, right. I need, I need to know how to pilot my army within the given time for right. me, or, or just being it. able to ask Shannon enough questions that he wastes his clock. Yeah, that's the trick. I'm up for yeah. like when I'm in a tournament. If the pack says to use a clock, I'll always ask my opponent. Okay, hey, yeah. you want to use clock? And if they say no, let's just play. Then I'm gonna, I'm gonna think to myself in my head. Who is this player I'm playing against? Are they slow? Are they fast? I think I think the the people who are uh, habitually slow, I think in the community, you're you know like, who they are. You know yeah, who they are. And it's like if you play that person, you say we're lo- we're using a clock. But I yeah. always tend to just go with what's in the pack first because that's what that's the level playing field. That's what everyone has agreed to in coming to the tournament. Well, the, the, so yeah, the other thing is not just about you and your opponent. 
It's about the rest of the tournament, right? And, and the reality is the clocks keep on right. time. There's a reason why we have a clock when at some events, and that's because we don't have unlimited round times. I, I'm a big fan of whatever the TO wants you to do. If they want you to play on a clock, play on a clock. I wonder if, and I don't know if, if I'm curious what you guys think. Also, I think there are some abusive armies or janky armies or whatever you want to say that through their inherent nature interactions, amount of dice that you roll take longer. So to me, I think it's almost like a, 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 a soft gap to so that if you are going to play like a shooting spam army or some weird interacting army, you have to learn how to play it fast. And that could, so that could be maybe one thing that's sort of like in, you know, a skill that that type of army has to learn. So I think in general, clocks are a good thing. And it makes you a better player, right? Playing with the with the clock. If if you have an army that requires a lot of effort, learning how to play under pressure is going to be a good thing long term. It'll help you make decisions quicker. Yeah. And even if your even if your preference is the clock, you still have like lead way within that clock time to um, still help your opponent, so to speak. Like. You know, if if they're on a flank or a rear charge, you know, you can tell them just roll snakes, just roll snake or just don't roll snake eyes and we're good. You know, or, you know, if you're on the top table and they're running out of time, you might make them roll all their dice. You know, oh, you, you, you got that oh, that legion of zombies in the rear. Yeah, you're rolling all those. Days. And let's yeah. let's talk about that, because that's that's one I've I've heard. I really like this concept of exploring um Dylan, this area of what is bad sports and what isn't bad sports around this. So I'm curious what you guys think, because I've heard both sides of this, right? Of the whole, we're on a clock. I'm, I'm going to make you roll your dice. Ma- making not- people play to the rules is not bad sportsmanship. Yeah. My whole thing is two things can be true at the same time. Like we've, like we've been saying, it's a case by case basis. If you're on, you know, if you're a mid table, low table, if it's a garage game, if you're at a narrative event, you know, whatever, or if you've set that expectation before the game, then by all means, you know, do whatever you want. But just don't be upset when, you know, you're, you're, you're in the, you're on the top five tables and your opponent wants you to roll roll all your dice when you're playing on a clock at a, at a major GT. Um, Now, do you think it's okay? Let's say in the early part of the game, your opponent's rolling everything, but let's say it comes down to later in the game. It doesn't matter. Or there's plenty of time left to start off by saying, roll all your dice and then change mid game and be like, Oh yeah, whatever. Just give me snakes. Or do you think you got to pick, pick one and stick with it the whole, or can you be adaptable during the game? I see. Yeah. I I think it, I think it's a, it's like a, it's a slider. I mean, you can, you can, you can stick with it the whole game if you want, if that's, if that's what y'all have set you know, or, you know, or the units already just uh, devastated and they're charging it again. And then you can just say, you're going to do a wound, roll snake eyes. Uh, I wouldn't switch away from doing all the dice at the end of the game if you're going to try to switch back to doing, you know what I mean? You only um, you only make that change when for the rest of the game you're gonna let them be roll snakes when it's obvious. When it's obvious, when it, that's that's what I'm saying. Where yeah. it's not like you go back and forth. It's right. We're gonna play super tight, but I feel sometimes once it gets to a point where it's like so, I I, I just feel weird about arguing about our. I just am more free, I guess, a little bit once the and it's hurt me in tournaments. Trust me, 
when I I've taken my foot off the pedal at a lot of events and finished second or third or fourth or whatever by three points, because I took my foot off the pedal, but I don't, I just feel weird at the end of the game when it's super decided to be like, Oh, well, no, that's two millimeter. It just makes me feel weird. Yeah, no, I get it. And again, that's one of those, it's a case by case. Um, it's, and I, I'm more or less the same way you are. It's just, just putting the thoughts out there that as long as we're not, as long as it's not frowned upon, if someone does want to be more precise all the way through the game. Um, like then, what Rob just said, I really loved Rob, what you said. Someone asking you to play by the rules of the game should not <laughs> be like bad sportsmanship. You know, I mean, that's like the bear, right? So I think I think I yeah. just love that, Rob. I like that idea of you, that is not bad sports to ask someone to play by what the rules in the book say. Right. It, you know, it's uh, as long as both players are willing to hold each other accountable. Like I said, both thing, both two things can be true. You can have a friendly game, and you can still have a high level of play. Um, yeah, that is absolutely true. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about uh, when we're talking about this sort of gray area of, of sports or whatever? You say, hey, I love to play by – this is in the beginning of the game, right? We're having our pre, pre-game talk about, you know – what we consider, uh, which I've become much better about, like what do we consider a cock dice is? Exactly. Or if, yeah, if we're using, a, yeah. yeah, if we're using a tray, my, you know, I'm going to roll a tray here so that you can see what's in the tray. You know, we're having this pregame, right? And yeah. I say, hey, I, I love to play by intention. My opponent says, totally sure. Okay, okay. Um, we start playing. We start playing. We start playing. My intention is, okay, hey guys, I'm my opponent sitting down watching me play. I move the unit and I say, hey, this unit. Uh, 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 18 inches out from your unit. That's my intention. And they're like, okay. The next turn comes, they get up and measure and they go, oh, it's within 18. And it's like, well, we had the intention. He's like, no, I was agreeing to the fact that you said that. We're still going to play it as it lies because that's the whole point of the game. Uh, that was that, one of the games you just want to get through and be done with that's it. Because, uh, what I'm just saying yeah. is, do you have a right, if you agree with your opponent, to play a game by intention and they go back on that rule during the game by enforcing a rule as written. It's it's the correct rule because it's yeah. I, I think I think if 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 I mean it's the whole thing. Well, did they agree to your intention? But just, but yeah, can I, mean, I give them a bad sports vote? Because I've been in the point where uh, I have. Yeah, I think so. That goes back to the reason why the intention on measuring is important is because that goes back to human error and how the bases, how our basing is, how the terrain on the table is. Nothing is precise. So you very well could have been out 18 inches and he was measuring wrong. Or if you're, you know, if your tape measure is just elevated on one end just a little bit, it throws the whole measurement off. Um, I, have that one, I have that one a lot since I'm short and I'm looking down. It's difficult for me sometimes when I, when, once my units get to the middle of the board, unless I'm standing on like a chair to make sure. I'm exactly where I want to be with my tape measure. So I do like the movement intentions a lot. He's often my units, maybe one millimeter just from that height issue. So that's the, that's the one thing where I think is if you have that agreement and at some point your opponent goes back on that and then it's like, Oh, you know what? I'm, we're going to play it as it lies. I think that is a fair thing to give someone a bad sports vote. 
for sure. Um, that goes to the expectations you've set at the beginning of the game. You know, like we said at the beginning, you know, if if you say, look, we're just, we're going to play everything like straight as an arrow. And if we make mistakes, we make mistakes. Or if you like you said, if you know, I'm trying to measure this out 18 inches uh, of your charge range. Um, do you concur? And they agree and then turn around and say, nope, sorry, I'm charging you. Uh, that's, that is bad sports. Um, for sure. Um, that goes against the spirit of the game versus the rules of the game. And that's the whole point of, that's the point of this conversation is where we draw the line and how do we get that? How do we find that balance? When you go to the table and you guys come to some understanding over what's intention, you know, what, what the intention is going to be and how are you going to play it? In my mind, that, that's not part of the rules. Like we've agreed that this is how this is the, we're in this magic circle and we've agreed this is how we're going to play this game. And if somebody alters that agreement halfway through, then it's the same as somebody cheating, right? Like in my mind, it's like, oh, well, yeah. I'm not going to measure correctly. Like if you've agreed, like for example, Jeremy, you know, the way you handle cock dice, like I would prefer, like if we've, we've agreed to it, like this is how we're going to play it regardless of the outcome of the dice, right? Like you just, if it's not flat, we reroll it, whatever it is. And yeah. just to be fair, those situations where people renege on intention are very far few between. In fact, it's sure. never, never happened to me. Yep. So uh, knock on wood maybe, but you know, I think, I think this is going to sound crazy, but somebody that would actually do that very many, there's probably not very many of them in our community because they wouldn't last long. If you did that as a pattern, right? Like a pattern behavior of like going into the table and, you know, kind of making an agreement with your opponent about how you're going to handle like take backs or dice being cocked and stuff, and then altering it later on to their benefit. Like that's, I mean, human error is just it's just part of it. And that's why you want like I've I've had it happen at an event where I stated the intention, you know, I want to be just out of 14. And so I measured and moved, but I I misread, I mean, I'm from Arkansas. I misread my tape measure. And so I was I was almost an inch too far because I misread my tape measure. And he he charged me and he wouldn't let me take it back. Um he said I said, well, I, I told you what I was trying to do. And he's like, yeah, but it was an inch, you know, but I totally, I get it. it you know, an inch is a pretty big error, even though I stated my intention. Yeah, so, see, that I mean, one, I think I just tell you to move it back an inch because that's what you told me. And nothing really mm-hmm. has a whole lot. I mean, you've just finished your movement phase or whatever. Now I'm measuring my movement. It's not like we've gone through multiple times. Right. Um, he's like um, you said, m- m- mistakes do, mistakes do happen. You know, but like your example, when you're moving stuff, if I move a unit up and go, hey, my intention is to be 14 out of that unit, 15 out of that unit, but I don't check the one in my flank because I'm like, oh, that one's definitely out and that one's in by a millimeter. He, my opponent has that charge because yeah, for I, sure. it, that was that was where we got to have mistakes still in the game. I should have checked that unit and triple checked and been like, okay, I am out of all three units. I measured each one. So my opponent deserves that charge. So that's where I think just like when you, after you kill something and you're trying to reform around, because I play with surge a lot. This happens all the time. Okay, Jeremy, my goal is to not be able to be surged. And I'm like, well, 
to know that <laughs> I got to take you through every single iteration of movement to prove that I can't surge into you. So that's where it becomes difficult, right? Um, yeah. Well, that's just a little, I would, I would say that it's trying to use that as an intention. I would, I would probably not, uh, quote unquote, allow that. Cause that's just a little, I don't know. I'm going to reform my intention is to not be surged is that's or like, I want to be a little safe. too general. I want to move yeah. a unit where I hear, you hear that term a lot, right? My intention is for this guy to be safe. Yeah. And it's like, well, safe from safe from, from what? You know, take <laughs> safe from the whole game. Like, I don't want you to take any more right. leads for the rest the, of the, the game. Better, the yeah. better comment to say is, my intention is this is a front charge. Yes. Right? right. Right. That's what you need to say. Like, oh, this guy here is a front charge. Uh, th that's the big thing. Just lay out the, the arrows, yes. get confirmation that this is the distances and the angles are what you think it lot. is. And we've agreed to it. Yeah, Rob, we've talked a lot about like moving, but that moving to stay out of charges. But what you just said, amazing point, Greg segue is we're setting units up so that I know you can charge me next turn. But my goal is to have you charge me in this specific facing or I, my intention here is because this unit is slightly above this other unit. You can only fit in one unit here, right? It's yes. so there's there, there's intention at each sort of like uh entry point like in my movement here but then now we're i'm gonna let you charge me but my intention here it's it, it's like the through line that takes you through the whole game right to each of right. the phases right uh and that that kind of like takes me into like another un unstated intention would be finishing a finishing your combat phase and you know, quote unquote, forgetting to reform. Oh, good one. But, you know, there's multiple units that can charge that unit that you forgot to reform. But like when it's now your opponent's turn and they swing into your flank, then that's too weird. You're, you're like, okay, yeah. well, no, my intention was, you know, because that was, it was an obvious flank, but, well, you know, I, 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 I feel I'm like not, that's a, Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of. Okay, I'll give you an example where I'd be okay with it is like it's one on one. Like it's literally like you only have one choice. Pivot this if you're only getting charged by one. But one of the things that I, that I don't like is I wouldn't be as happy about is uh, if they want to make that reform change after other combats, which so they're getting more information. We've talked about how intention has its own spectrum. Then to me, also, uh, there's a continuum for obvious, right? Yeah. Like, like if, if I have my opponent has a unit, they charge something, kill it, and its flank is facing the whole board. So it's obvious that they would reform ninety whatever to be facing back towards the middle of the board. My opponent forgets to do that. I'm going to let him do it because to sure. me, it's not going to change anything that I do. It's not nothing I've done is changing his opinion. He's obviously needs to be change facing, so he's facing an object whatever. That to me is like obvious. Uh, but that's its own spectrum. But like you said, there's some stuff where it's like, if they forget the reform and I've gone and I've taken half my movement phase, they can ask me. But if I say no at that point, or if I asked and my opponent said no, that's when we enter that space where it's like, it's okay to ask. And yeah. it, should be okay, it should be okay then to say no too. Like both those right. things are okay. Like you said, the right. two things can be, be right at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, for me, you know, I, um, I come from. I grew up 
playing basketball near my whole life, basically. Um, and so for me, like every time I think about some situations, I think about what the reaction would be if you're playing ball and you're the other team misses a shot and they get mad at you for not letting them take another shot. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, you know, analogies like that crack me up, but it's just, what is really a, like, what's, I mean, I guess everything like that would be technically a mistake, um, but it all kind of ties back in together because that, you know, your opponent could have been worried about their time and they're running low on time. That might've been the reason why they forgot to make certain obvious moves. And yeah, I, I wonder, if, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, you know, were you in the middle of the game and it was obvious or are you on turn five, six and they only have three and a half minutes left and they made that obvious mistake, you know, Yes, it's like when when are you taking it away from yourself? Because exactly, or it's like yeah. let's say you have an opponent, another one I've seen running out of time, and then they start like uh, rolling their dice and and picking the stuff up ro- incorrectly, and you're having to stop them, and then they're not telling their you what they're rolling for. Yeah, and they're because they're like, oh, I got to run out of time, and it's like I understand that you're running out of time, but you still need to play the game. Like like I I still expect you to play the game like the correct rules and, I and the way we've been playing it up until now yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. I, I wonder if when we enter these spaces that are the where we're unsure right we're in this space like i think so far we've we've come to some i think intention ones that either that really make sense and when someone didn't want to do it it wouldn't it makes sense right and why you might you know get frustrated but i'm wondering when i'm thinking about these middle sections what's coming up for me is it's okay to ask but it's also okay to say no like, I wonder if it's like in those middle places, like, I'm not going to get mad at you for asking, but if I say no, you can't get upset about it. I, I mean, right. is, there, is that a place where we can exist where it's okay to ask and okay to say no? For sure. Basically the theme of the, of the um, episode is it shouldn't be frowned upon when you do have someone that wants to be more, you know, play with more precision. Um, I would say the caveat would be the uh, stated intention of measuring that. Uh, I don't like think the, sac- you, the sacrosanct one. Right? That is sacred. Yes, you that is the sacred intention. That. You can't screw yeah. with people's movement intention. If you're listening, you can't say no to that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> if you said that something is, if we've agreed on where a board piece is, and then after the turn, you now disagree. You're 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 done, buddy. You're out of my book yeah. at that point, and uh, uh, the community is gonna know. Like everyone's gonna know that that sh- that shit went down because that's no bueno. That's why I'm so glad I don't see clones list anymore. Because if I ask you what your charge range is so I can measure it, it defeats the purpose of the intention if you tell me twelve, but really. It's 14 because you have brew haste on that unit. Like, you know, it's just a feel bad. It's like, I'm, I'm glad that that's, I don't see anyone doing that anymore. It's just, and I've had that exact scenario happen to me. <laughs> now here's an interesting yeah. question around that. Okay. I'm, I, I want to give you guys a scenario and hear your thoughts because these are all the things that have come up for me in games, right? I have a unit. You have a unit that has wild charge, right? Um, 
Okay, what's unit? What's the speed of that unit? Oh, it's speed six. Okay, I'm gonna be just out of twelve. Okay, and the opponent goes okay, but their unit has wild charge, right? Next turn, they say, well, I want to charge you, and it was oh well, my goal was to be outside of twelve, and it's like well, you are outside of twelve. My charge range is four is thirteen. So that's one example, right? Which I think uh, is different from let's say. Hey, I'm moving this unit up to be outside of 12 because I want to be outside of charge distance. Yes. There's a distinction between those two ex examples, right? Right. And that's that's what I was going to add on to that is um, I don't know if coaching is the right term, but we shouldn't just put the focus on the player that says, yeah, my speed is six. We should We should also teach – you know, the player in that situation to ask for charge distance and not what is the speed of your unit. Because those are two different things. I think the big thing here is that if you're if you're if you're trying to teach somebody, don't ask for stats, you know, ask for like the result. Like, okay, yeah. my intention is to not be charged by this unit. Right. So, and, and have that conversation, you know, because I mean, to be fair, if that's all they said was I'm out. I'm out for twelve. I'm out. I'm out. But maybe they know that you have wild charge, and they they know they 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 want to be in it. I don't know. But yeah. like, if they if they're stating their intention is to not be charged, and 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 they're asking for you to confirm your charge distance, that's that's the better way to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Because you know you have instances like the herd with their um, the flying character, not the flying character, but the character. I've already been down that road, my friend. Yeah. Chris Capser so ate my lunch. Exactly. It's not your opponent's job to help you play against them. So, so you got you you have to hold yourself accountable for the questions you're asking. In that instance, if you're asking for charge distance and they're flying characters on the other side of their battle line, are they obligated to remind you that they have a flying character with a wild charge aura ten inches away? Well, I mean, it's like Kings of Memphis. We have a bard that gives plus one speed. Yeah. Right? You have like, their list. I mean, you have you their had, list. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's so, why there's a limit. There's a limit. Right. I, that's yeah. why I really think you got to keep it from, like, be specific. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I my goal is for A to be out of B. Is that correct? Do you see it? Not my goal uh -huh. is to have A not be able to be charged. It's it's you. So then, if I'm not checking the in, individual that's on the other side that's within 20 wh wh yeah. where I was, then that's, that's, that's one of those genuine mistakes that have to be in the game. Otherwise at the highest level, it would be just dice. You know what I mean? Whereas at least I agree. you still need to have these like, Oh crap. Why did I do that? You, there still needs to be room for uh, like mistakes in the game. But like, for example, I think probably good sports would be, Hey, I'm moving this unit out of, out of 12 because I don't want to be charged by that unit. Oh, hey, remember, they're speed six, but they have wild charge D3 plus one, right? Sure. If you're saying, hey, I want to be outside of charge range and 12, that's when your opponent, I think it's good sporting to tell you, remember, they have wild charge. For sure. And one thing I will say that's helped us, and I, I'm curious, because I think, Rob, you do something similar to this at the amazing soon-to-be-held, be-there-be-square Kings of Memphis. Uh having your sports score that go to your overall score not be the favorite opponent but Correct. be but be questions around was my opponent your play on the was, table was so when you talked about how do we incentivize clean play if we let everyone take do all these takebacks 
I think that you can still, with intention takebacks, incentivize clean play by these other rules. Was my yeah. opponent clean? Was except because those are ways that your opponent that anyone should be able to because I guess I think the idea, right, yeah. Rob, is anyone yeah. should be able to get them. Yeah, we have, we have four questions we ask. Number one, was your opponent properly prepared for the game, arrived on time, and had all the required materials to play? And do they have a printed copy of the list? That's probably one I'll have to tweak because obviously with the companion and stuff, that's changed a little bit. Number two, was a chess clock used in the game? So that, that's the thing. If you don't want to play on chess clock, that's fine. You're only going to lose a point in the grand scheme of things. But it's just another incentive because I find it, even though I say chess clocks are required, unless you give them the incentive of uh, an extra point, they, they probably they may or may not do it. Question number three, are this is the most important one. All required game turns completed for both players. You know, if you don't want to play on chess clock, that's fine. But if you think you're going to get six turns and your opponent's going to get five, that's a problem. Right? <laughs> right? Uh, and then the last one is just, will you willingly play this player again? It's only worth one point, but it's just sort of like a, a catch-all. And, and typically what we find is that you know going in that your opponent's going to answer those questions about you at the end of each game. And that's going to, mm -hmm. that's the, and, and the, cumulatively it's 30 points, right? So it's, it's six points per game for five games for 30 points. And most players get most of the points, right? Most players yeah. get most points. Do you know what it is? It's intention. You go into this event, you know, that's our intention. These are the behaviors that we want to reward. And we've incentivized it by giving you some points. So people do it. Now, you don't want to play yeah. on a chess clock. That's fine. You don't have to. You, you, you lose five points. In the grand scheme of things, unless you're trying to win it, it probably doesn't really matter. But you're right. Uh, the thing we don't do is we don't have any favorite opponent points in your overall score. One of the things that, that drives me crazy is I have completely 180 on this. I have a lot of employees at, at work. And when I'm doing reviews, training is a topic that, that's always for review, right? Like if I tell you that I need you to do your training by May 31st, and you did it May 27th, you did it on time. <laughs> like it, it's only one answer, right? Like, you know, same thing with, with sportsmanship. Most people are great sports, right? Like they're just, they're yeah. not dickheads. That's a whole other topic. Yeah. About, and we've, about favorite we've had, yeah. And we've had stuff like um, on, on the check mark around clean play, give examples, clean, clean play me could mean playing by intention, marking units before you move them. You know, so giving your giving within the pack, like what you ex what your definition, because I think playing by intention is an element of clean play. And it can also be something that's done sloppily. You know, like you said, again, I love this idea of two things can be true at the same time, because I think playing yeah. to intention does make games cleaner when we're within like an agreed upon. Uh, I know it when I see it. Dylan's definition of a good sport maybe slightly different than my definition. We've run events where we allowed the player to modify the definition for themselves, whether it was like, you know, some people think that altruistic play, or maybe you have somebody that thinks that a, a sport, a good sport is gregarious. Some people it's clean technical play. That's why now in our favorite opponents votes, it, because it doesn't affect overall how you decide to do it. I, I don't care. Like if, if you want to, mm -hmm. if you're rewarding it for clean play, great. You know, I think one of the things that changed me a lot on this is just the way Texas does it, which the way they do it is no one's trying to be a so everybody gets the max score and then they sort of take away from that. I'm not doing exactly the same thing, but it's sort yeah. of the same thing in the sense that the end result is that the expectation is that everybody should get the points. Right. And if they don't, yeah, there are some things that are that are in their control 
and they can decide not to do it, like playing on a chess clock. Yeah, it's achievable for anyone to get the amount of sport the the, the sports points that are going to go to their overall score. Anyone should be able to achieve those, right? And then yeah. you just make the it's best if you want to give a gregarious or like you know the yeah the, I mean, favorite cool opponent. Stuff. However you want to do it, I, yeah. I mean, just like, have, we don't, yeah, no, don't tell you how to do it. We just say yeah. we just separate. pick pick your favorite opponent. I mean, because at the end of the day, I hate to say this. I mean, speaking as someone that's won multiple sports awards. It's a popularity contest. And here, I have another I have another question for you guys. I'm curious. Because this mm-hmm. is like an intention thing. And I think that uh, I see both players' perspectives in this. Player A is moving his stuff, right? Okay, I'm going to move here. I'm going to move here. I'm going to move here. Uh, they go to make a charge, which to player A seems pretty clear that they can pivot to, to bypass another unit and make that charge. But player A, spoiler alert, player A is myself. I don't confirm before moving the unit, hey, my intention is to charge and I'm just going to pivot pass and go in a straight line and charge this other unit. To me, from my perspective, looked pretty clear. I could have been wrong, but to me, looked pretty killer. I go to move the unit, and then that's when my opponent says, oh, I'm not sure that you could have uh, moved past there. Totally fair thing, and I'm I'm like, okay, well... And then I try to, since it seemed clear to me, but I didn't ask, I'd move the unit. Yeah. I'd, I'd move the unit so I can't move it back. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you know, and, and then my opponent then says, okay, well, why don't you just sidestep and you can surge and, and, and you'll make the charge that way? I didn't check to see if I could, but I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll do that. Comes to my shooting phase, I go to surge, and the unit that I'm trying to surge would clip my unit before it would hit his unit. And at oh. that point, he he didn't want me to. He wanted to play it as is. And my opinion was, I think, and I think part of it was at that moment. I don't think he realized that that was the game deciding moment. I mean, after that moment, I lost a whole flank and I lost the game. So it was like a a a, a you know a fair thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do understand though. You know, I had moved. I had cast a spell. You know, how do how do you go backwards? Well, from- we call we call this Chris Bowen thing, right? Because we got a local guy who likes to just move stuff without asking. No comment. Hello, Chris. We do, but you you know the reality is that unless I really know the player, I, I, I'm going to ask. Hey, my intention is to charge here. Do you agree? And certainly, if there's any discussion i'm gonna mark it yeah. <laughs> because i want to like, put that back where it's supposed to be yeah i mean because in my world if you don't mark it you 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 lose your your you are not part of the discussion anymore yeah. like you have no decision if you don't mark it but yeah, then exactly. then it's whatever their opponent said i'm terrible at it i always forget to do it <laughs> so i do as i say not as i do let me just, uh, so, so so sort of like the end result of this which is what i'm curious to hear you guys opinion is I think it was completely fair for my opponent to say too much has been moved. And even though yeah. I, I suggested this to you, it's, it's totally fair. However, I, if I ever made a recommendation of intention with my opponent, why don't you just do this? That will work. And if it turns out when we double check later that it doesn't well, work, yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a gray area. Like if I would let yeah. them do something else basically. And that's yeah, what, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. get it because yeah. I mean, the reality is if you're, you're coaching them, right? To, well, you could do this instead. Yeah. You're saying that it's going to work. We've agreed that it's, that we are agreeing where I'm doing this is that I'll give you an example. I play Luggets a lot now. And when I'm playing Taylor, I say, Taylor, Taylor will say, I'm 12 out. 
and I'll say, Taylor, just remember, I'm an 11 to 13. And so we're agreeing that if I roll a five or a six, I'm in there for the charge, right? Yeah, Rob, that's exactly right. And like, that's the dialogue you have. It's like, okay, when I roll it, if I roll one, two, three, or four, I ain't in, right? If he's just outside of 12, you got to be specific. Yeah, it's one of those things where, where what, what you would do if you were the other player in that scenario, even though you would, would have been more benevolent, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, what doesn't necessarily mean that he were, was r- wrong. And and that's and, why he got all yeah, sports, he, sports from me. I didn't. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Cause know, I mean, moment, to be fair, he may, he may just said, Hey, I think you could do it. He may yeah. not be saying that. Yeah. You absolutely could do it. He may have been thinking like, you know, it's still on you to check it, uh, shoot the laser after your sidestep to make sure that's going to be a valid surge and all that. I obviously I was I don't know everything that happened in the game and everything. It's Jeremy, but, so you know he was being a dick. Well, and that's what know. he said after, and that's what he said after the fact. He said when when I said that, this is what I meant. And it, and and after I thought about it, uh, in the moment I was a little peeved because uh, it's just yeah. frustrating to lose that way. When when it's one thing when you make a genuine mistake, but when you do something thinking that you're doing it for a reason. Um, but I he 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 was like you know that's what I was so he was totally fair. Like I said, mm-hmm. totally fair to not let me do it. Um, I still think that's one of the things with intention to me. If I'm giving yeah. my opponent an intention, well, why don't you just do this? If I feel in the game moment, I want to say that. And it yeah. turns out they can't do it. To me, I think that's... You You're going to let them redig and do something. That's fair yeah, I'm gonna let yeah. I, gave you, I gave you bad information. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to let you do something else. Yeah, I, that's one of those things where it's like, was he speaking in? Was your opponent speaking in generality, or was he saying, "Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. You're you got it. It's in there." And then he's like, "Oh well, but actually, psych, not really." Um, that is where it's like, I think where you have two, you know, the two parts of that spectrum. You know, if if he's like, you know, you could do that. You could try that, and 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 you try it, and your measurements off or, or whatever. Um, or if he's saying, oh yeah, I agree. It's in there. And all these, all these like lessons teach you is like what Rob was talking about earlier. Each of these lessons about intention where I've had sort of like a feel bad moment. What it's caused me is Jeremy, you got to be a better player. You got to be cleaner. You got to measure things. Get good. Yeah. It was my fault when I made that movement and I just said, oh yeah, I'll just move to the sideways. You're right. That sounds like a good idea. I should have checked. It was my fault. And my mistake that I didn't double check. It didn't make it not feel bad, you know, but it was one of those things where right. now I know that I learned that lesson and that won't ever happen again. I'm always going to, if someone suggests a move to me, I'm not going to take it for granted that I can do it. I'm going to, re- I'm going to double check. Well, or- it also depends on the player. Like, like we all have players that we play a lot. You have a built-in relationship. I don't have to ask Taylor sure. for an intention. Like we 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 already know we have a shorthand. But certainly, if you're at an event and this is the first time you played against somebody, yeah, you, you don't take anything for granted. Ask the question and state and state and your this, intent. Yeah, clearly. and again and again, if this player listens, like he is the coolest guy. I yeah, yeah, him. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we've had awesome games together. So. Yeah. And I think by the end of the game, he felt really bad that I felt because you know how sometimes you feel bad. Well, we, we see how you get when you get all like, yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm an emotional, passionate guy that comes to the yeah. surface. But you know how, you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. feel bad when your opponent feels bad. 
Like those are the good sports. And this guy, you, you want your opponent to have had a fun time, uh, win yeah. or lose, right? Yeah, and that's that's one thing I try to uh, I try to remember to tell my opponents is uh, is that like I mentioned before, I've played a lot of basketball on various you know teams throughout high school and um, after high school. And I'll, you know, I'll try to explain that to them. Like, look, you know, this is my, when I'm playing games, this is where I come from. So like, if I'm like in my own head, I'm like, promise I'm not mad at you. I'm not, I'm mad at myself. Like, cause I know sometimes it comes up when I'm, when I'm playing, I'm at an event. disappointed in myself. You're in try hard mode and people think you're mad at everyone and you're not. But it's not. Yeah, there, exactly. There was a guy at Warhammer though. He would show up. It was a, this was the greatest thing. He would just show up at the table and he would just say, "Look, I am trying to win the tournament." <laughs> right? Like he just he would just straight up tell you. That was that was our buddy. That was our buddy Chris Haynes from Canhammer. Uh, he would just tell him, "I'm here to win the tournament." You warned. I'm here to win the tournament. Yeah. So sometimes that's a good intention to for they know where you're coming from. That you're not here to play Tiddly Winks. Right? Yeah, it's not. It's not even that. Like, I'm yeah. trying to win a tournament. It's just that when I play a game, it's just like where my mind goes. I'm just yeah. in the zone sometimes. And Perfect anyway. example. When when uh, Dylan and I played at Lone Wolf, it was Lone Wolf a couple times. There's a point at the end of the game, you know, I had a bunch of stuff went my way. It looks like I'm going to win. Dylan was like, oh, what, you know, and I was trying to think about what to do. And he's like, you should just do this and this and just, you know, because at that Did point. Did you beat he, him because of that? No, no. What I'm okay. saying is. He, uh, he was, winning, was anyway. he was talking about make sure Jeremy you can do this and this and this to get more points. I think that is one of those things that if he didn't do that, I'm not. It's it doesn't show anything against him and him doing it was just good sports. But if he didn't do it, this definition of if I don't do something, am I a bad person? And that's no. the thing. If he hadn't said that, I wouldn't have thought he was being less of a sport. Then if he was to say, oh, make sure, you know, you, it'd be best for you to do this, 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 you know, it's like, it's like when you talk out the ends of the game, right? Like yeah. you can talk it out. Yeah. And go, oh, okay. This intention, intention is king. Yeah. Yeah. What? Also at Lone Wolf, it's hard. It's hard to not feel obligated to. Well, the damn scenarios are like, you, you need like to have, like uh, we played, we played at Lone Wolf, right, Dylan? And yeah, uh, was I, I was playing King of the Man, you're playing the Salamanders. And I was like, all right, you just tell me what I need to do. Cause I don't, I can't, I can't, I, I don't understand this. Oh, they were much right. better this year, Rob. You would have liked it. No oh, more really? Texas, Texas Hold'em was gone. Oh, and wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just gone. It wasn't even there to be a possibility to be chosen. That's so. fantastic. No, it's such a boon. It's such a boon sometimes I feel like, cause you know, cause you know, I travel to a lot of other, or I try to, travel to a lot of other regions too and it's just like i go to these other regions and i'm like we're just playing out of a book oh this is easy mode it's, easy <laughs> it's mode. like you're doing exercises with the weights it's like kings of memphis you. baby <laughs> just play out of the book i don't have to explain yeah. how to play loot you guys yeah. play, you know how to play loot yeah so where do we why don't we as we as we you know show we've been going for a little bit why don't we talk about sort of like where we maybe where each of us falls on that spectrum on what we consider, like when we think of intention, like what our sort of ideal sort of elevator pitch for intention where we sit. Yeah, I'll start. I, I mean, really for me, there's some events that I'm bringing a tough list and, I, and I'm going to try to win it. Right. And it happens every five years and that's fine. When I'm there, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play. I'm going to try to play as clean as I can. 
and we're, we're you know we're gonna we're gonna do it other events you know i'm just there to have fun and and so what i'm saying is my intention for the weekend will dictate kind of my my preferred intention for the game if that makes sense mm-hmm. and i'll adjust it appropriately i will certainly take into account the what my you know the desires of my opponent right um but yeah for me uh, i just personally think that it's hard to it's hard to claim that forgetting something is an intention without verbalizing that intention like um you know you got a unit in the backfield that you forgot to move for two turns you know, you shouldn't get, in my opinion, you, you shouldn't get two moves <laughs> because you forgot to move it for two turns. Um, and some people will say, oh, yeah, move it. But, you know, make one, make a march with it or put it wherever you want it, you know, within reason. Um, but, you know, I, you know, again, well, obviously, you know, like Rob said, it depends on the event, depends on who I'm playing, what table we're on, um, you know, but. Like I said, it can still be a friendly game. And if your opponent doesn't say, you know, oh, go ahead and make your move, then it's no harm, no foul. Um, that's kind of where I where I fall at. Um, you know, I know some of the some of these things that we've talked about, um, you know, one of the reasons why I put them on the list is because I have been guilty of them and have witnessed them on the other side of the table. And so kind of just bringing, like we've been saying the whole time, how two things can be true and just want to, you know, let more people know that it's, it's okay. Um, You know, it, it may feel bad if you're in that situation where you are getting beat down um, and your opponent still wants to roll the dice and all this, that, and the third, um, but it's it's okay. Um, the rules are there. The rules are laid out. Um, you can still have a friendly game, and you can still play by the rules. Um, if you forget something, it's like, like I said, it's a case by case thing. Um, I I don't believe that it's an intention. If you because like by definition, forgetting something is you not you specifically didn't intend it because you completely forgot about it to begin with. Um, so, but like, but again, that's, you have that conversation with your opponent beforehand on what level of play you're expecting. And, um, that's why this conversation is important in my opinion is just to let more people know to have that conversation at the beginning of the game and you avoid all of this really. Yeah, I think that's a key point, you know, is again, Kings of War is so simple and it has oftentimes in other games, there's a lot more talk you have before you play a game of the type of game you want to play, right? And in Kings, we don't have that as much. So I think you just talk to your opponent, say what you want to do, say, hey, I like to play intention. This is sort of like, uh, if I say it out loud, you know that, because I think that the, the, like the, the, empirical intention or the type of intention that you that i think there isn't gray area is when you say my goal is for a to be x from y where you're hyper specific yeah that that to me is okay if you say it it's like the stamp it's marked as law 
it's it's done. That I won't go back. That's you know, but these other things. And then I think it just goes to the like, then it goes to that gray area, which is where you take it to me. It's like a bunch of different factors. It's like, was it obvious? Does it affect the outcome of the game? Like because maybe if it's like they don't intend it, but they they don't verbally state it. But my intent was to do this. If what they want to do makes no difference to the game, I'm going to be like, okay, fine. So it's like, was it obvious? What room am I in? Like Rob said, what type of tournament am I in? Right. Where am I at in the in the standings? You know, uh, wh- where? But wherever you fall on that gray area, I see what you're saying. You shouldn't be like ostracized or are made to wear the scarlet letter because well, you didn't let someone yeah. do a take back that they didn't intend. They didn't stay. Well, ahead. here's an important thing: is if you have that conversation with your opponent and one of you want to play clean and by the rules, then that it defaults to that end of story. There's no take backs. If that, if somebody doesn't want, you know, yeah. if somebody wants to play like that, that's how, that's how I am. All right, cool. I always, always default to following the rules. And if you decide you yeah. don't want to follow the rules, then you got to both agree to that. Right. Yeah. It's such an odd thought is like, Oh, so-and-so is a, you know, so-and-so is a dick. He wants to play by the rules. Yeah. Right. I think yeah, totally. And right. I think the dream, the dream should be, and what we should aspire to is that you never have to ask for a take back because yeah. you're so clean and you've played so well and you play that well all the time. Like I've had problems where I'll play super clean, like in baseball, it's that you hit it as fast as they throw it. Where I'll play super clean when I'm in like a a, a high stress level match or or I'm playing at a, a bigger event. But sometimes if I'm playing more local are small. I find myself going into bad habits and being a little sloppy. Or so I've tried to, you know, take that. I'm going to play this way, whether or not I'm in a tournament. I'm at the. I'm. I'm going to try to be clean. Always play clean. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and like, so one of the things I've been thinking of recently is, um, and I and I know I I, I have asked, uh, I do ask, you know, for certain things sometimes. I. And but I really try to be uh, observant and kind of vigilant of it to not ask. Um, it's because that, and I'd be curious to know if that other player you were talking about before that said he he wouldn't even ask to begin with thinks the same way. But you know we we, we played this game and there's such there is such a awesome presence of just that social contract when you walk up to a kings of war table and it's such an inherent fan friendly atmosphere to begin with when you ask to bend the rules i feel like your opponent even if they wouldn't necessarily want you to give it to you they might feel pressured from the friendly atmosphere to give it for fear of removing the friendliness from it. If you, if that makes sense. Um, even though that may not be the case, you know, you, I, I don't know if I'm making any sense, um, but you know, you might be, you might be putting like unnecessary pressure on yeah on your opponent in some think, in some instances I, i'm not saying that's clear cut across the board but that's just something that i've kind of been thinking of that you know they may they may feel pressured to give you that to give me that because they want to make sure it stays friendly they don't want to make me mad 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and, and I would try to see, like, try to see things from different people's perspectives. Right. A, right, a lot right. of the times when I've gotten upset, when I've, when I've thought about it, it's like, like, you know, like it is completely within your right to tell me that I can't do something when we're not even in that phase anymore. Like that to me, like where at first I'd be like, why isn't this person going to let me do? And, but then when you think about it, you're like, you know, if I want to play at the highest level against the highest level of competition, I need to play clean. I need to, you know, learn from my mistakes and all that sort of stuff. So I think that if you try to look at things from different players perspectives, oftentimes your frustrations about a game are completely unreasonable. What your opponent said or did or whatever was not them being a bad sport. It was completely yeah. reasonable. You know what I mean? Uh, a bad sport should be like there's objective and subjective things. And to me, it's like a bad sport award should only go to those objectively bad things. Yeah, you, you cheated. You, you mis intentionally mismeasured, right? Exactly. You, li you lied about statistics. Like when the person asks you how far do you what's your speed everyone that kind of stuff you know sometimes you roll two less dice sometimes you roll an extra dice by mistake you know what i mean there's often there's people yeah there's also mistakes and, that, and, that, and that's make. a that's a good one too like the way i play well, the way i prefer to play it if i screw something up i'll let the opponent decide let, yeah you know, if i screw something up, let the opponent how, how he wants to handle it. but like for example if i roll on my dice and and i haven't picked them up and he goes oh by the way you need fives well then that's cool if the dice are there but if i already picked up I don't know. It's I'll ask. I'll tell you what. I, ask. Go ahead. I'll just say really quick to, to Rob and you. Can go. I think Rob, what you said is completely right. Is you ask. I think whenever you have a dice a, a mishap or whatever, and I'll sometimes be like, oh well, do you want me to re-roll? Do you want me to to go with this? Do you want to just average it out? What the average would be? I whenever I mess up with dice, I want my opponent to decide what they feel most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, so whatever's hurting yourself is typically what I'm looking for, right? Yeah, it, it needs to be to my disadvantage because I'm the one exactly because you're the one who made right. you're the one who messed up. Yeah, yeah. So like something I'll do, like in the example of rolling too many dice, um, I'll, I'll, uh, of course, I'll talk it out with the opponent, um, but I'll typically roll the correct, make sure I have the correct amount of dice. I'll re-roll it, but I will not take more successes than I already rolled. If that makes sense, like. Right. Rolling less dice, but you just roll hot on your on your second roll. Um, Which uh, that that's a that's a feel bad moment when you have like yeah. a, uh, I had an, an opponent where uh, he re, he rolled eighteen attacks, needing threes normally, but he was hindered. But it was quick, so he needed fours. So he rolled them, but started picking up all his threes with his fours, and I was like. I was like, oh, you need fours. And he's like, oh, crap. And he only had like two fours. He's like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, re-roll it, I guess. Well, that, that you, you pick up your misses. Yeah. <laughs> right? He that's that's what you do. You pick yeah. up your misses and then, then you can fix it. Exactly. He re-rolls it and gets like 14 out of 18 hits. And, kill, yeah. and just destroys the unit. Yeah. And no, I mean, he felt super bad too. You know what I mean? It's just like, Yeah. So that's that. And that's another reason why, um, you know, we, that I wanted to get this episode out there is, just for these little ideas, you know, um, you know, if you're hearing this and you're in that situation, um, you should, you should not pick up more successes because that is objectively what would have happened. Cause you already rolled hitting on threes, right. In that situation. So, uh, if you re-roll it, you, you, uh, it should only be worse. It should only get yeah. worse. Yeah. 
But anyway. And well, I, I, also, I, I just, you know, even when you're, I would say, a good sport, everyone has bad games, right? Like, I've had games where I get super pissed or uh, I've only had two games where I got so mad. I yelled at Devlin once. That was like, <laughs> kind of, he is right. Oh, so kind of, yeah yeah it was it was kind of joking um so like it was like kind of like, yeah it was more like a, <laughs> it was passive said, aggressive is what it was <laughs> he was rolling so hot it looked like i might actually lose to him and i was like there's no world that i exist and i'm gonna lose to devlin so i started, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding i love you uh, <laughs> but then there was one time in reno when i got really mad at someone and like verbalized it and I'll have to say, if I ever yell at you, just know I'm going to feel worse about it over the next six Well, months. do we need to bring up the uh, the incident with the kid? Yeah, I made a kid cry once, and I still am upset about that. And that happened in 2018, yeah. you know? And so, but I just want to say that, like, you try to be a good sport, right? As best you can. But even the greatest sports, sometimes you just have We're a bad human. game. We're human. Right? And, like, if you're on the top table, you know, uh, you know, if you're if you're really in a competitive match... It, it can it can over uh, overcome some people and they may may lose their senses. But the good news is that nobody sets out to be a bad sport, right? Yeah, that's unless true. you're actively cheating, <laughs> and then that's that's a different. Oh, that's I different think that's animal. super rare. I mean, to me, yeah. I, I've only heard we've had it once. That, I think like, we've had it once exactly. in all the games, right? We've had yeah. one one cheater. So, and like always, just try to like what what you guys have said. Always aspire to play the cleanest you can. And you can play clean and also have an amazing, joking, happy, clean play is not exclusive with having a great time. Actually, oh, yeah. you could you could argue that clean play makes the game better because mm-hmm. it reduces ambiguity and it reduces so you can even confrontation and joke yeah, around exactly because exactly. you know you don't have to be oh my gosh I mean, to be fair, you want to have a great game play Jeff O'Neill right I mean he's great he's mm-hmm. you know Dan. Jeff Swan Dan Kamick. Dan Kamek, he is like almost a perfect example of, I mean, he will measure everything down to the millimeter, but the one of the funnest games you'll you'll have, yeah. like just a super super great player, super great guy. Um, I played. But, yeah, he is great. And if you haven't played, um, when you talk about these players in our region, it makes me think of Kyle Timberlake. Mm, I don't know. Had a great I, game against Ty- Kyle. Is an awesome. Player. He is probably Fun. one of. He is so unfazed whether it's going great or whether going it's bad. He really believes in that philosophy that there is a social contract and our opponent's enjoyment. We do have a stake in that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that wanting to give your opponent a good game is good for the, the, the hobby and health. But he is a dude that like, if I only had to could play one person for the rest of my life, he would be the guy I want to play. He is just so nice. That's awesome. Mm. Well, it's been a great discussion. Uh, we're going to have this episode posted, and when you hear it, go to the Facebook page. Dylan will have started a thread on this topic, and uh, let's 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 have a great discussion on it. We'd love to hear some more examples. Absolutely. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, let us know if you like sort of more like a free-form episode like this where, you know, uh, it's not so much. We, we talked about a lot of things like kind of floating around the game, right? You know, it was a really interesting discussion. That's going to do us for tonight. And until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, 
or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. 